Welcome, welcome, welcome. Episode 58 now of the SoCo Show. This is your co-host, Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by the SoHo's Seth At. Hiya! And we're coming off an exciting week, man. Uh, episode 57, our biggest episode yet. <laughs> for no reason in particular. <laughs> yeah, for, for uh, no discernible reason that I can find. Um, but uh, over 100 listens on SoundCloud alone for, for the last episode. So definitely we want to thank those of you who may be returning uh, for ep- episode 58 after hearing uh, what was a pretty typical episode 57. <laughs> <laughs> or thank you to the one guy who just forgot to turn off his SoundCloud. I hope, th- I really hope that that is the case. Um, episode 58, we're, we're retooling the show a little bit. Um, not a lot of change, but a little bit of a, a reordering of things. So you'll... <laughs> If you're used to the show, you may notice things a, a little differently this still, week, but it's all all your favorites are going to still, still be Still the same tools, though. Yeah, still the same tools, <laughs> just in a different order. Uh, I want to start with this this week in in a bit of uh, a bit of random news. Uh, I think, Seth, that you might agree that our, our favorite NFL coach and NFL personality is probably John Gruden. Um, I, yeah, he, he's pretty rivaled by Jim Tom Sula. <laughs> Jim Tom Sula is up there, but he's not even in the NFL anymore. <laughs> That's true. So uh, he, John, he's, a, he's a Pizza Hut manager. He is. <laughs> you want to buy some pizza from Jim Tom Sula? Anyway, uh, John Gruden, new coach of the Oakland Raiders. He was also the former coach of the Oakland Raiders. And he was back in the news this week for the dumbest reason. And that reason is that he's out here taking shots at Tom Cruise, which is a stupid thing to do. Good. No one should do it. Henry Cavill learned that the hard way in this year's Mission Impossible Fallout, which is fantastic. <laughs> um, Loaded some, arms and all. Yeah, he was reloading his arms, and he still did not stand a chance against Tom Cruise. Um, the 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 story here, for, which is TMZ, which you know this is stupid news uh, if it's coming to us from TMZ Sports. The Sports! <laughs> and so uh, Peter King was interviewing John Gruden about how much money he's making because he's, he has a $100 million contract with the Oakland Raiders, which oh. is insane for yeah, a Yeah, that's a lot. And when asked about it, here is what – this is the quote. Here's what uh, what – John Gruden said, he said, I'm not making a hundred million dollars, just so you know. Well, I never thought Tom Cruise, never thought his movies were any good, but he's making plenty of money. There's a lot of things I just don't understand. No disrespect to Tom Cruise. I'm sure he's a great actor, but you know what? Just go about your life as hard as you can. You try to find something you love and you do the best you can at it. John Gruden doesn't think Tom Cruise is a good actor. (laughs) Also, he kind of went on a long time about Tom Cruise. That's a lot of time to be spent by an NFL football coach about Tom Cruise, <laughs> who's certainly not in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, what this means to me is that John Gruden is no longer my favorite football personality, because fuck <laughs> you. Because you know who I like more than the NFL and John Gruden? Tom Cruise. So if you're going to come after Tom Cruise, you better come at him for a fucking good reason and not just because you think he makes too much money. So what I say, and you don't have to agree with me on this because I'm declaring this an official SoCo fuck you Oh wow! to John Gruden. That's what I say. That's a real, it's a, it's a real aggressive statement. It is aggressive. And I don't say that very often, but I will say it again. Fuck you, John Gruden. <laughs> so, <laughs> I will not have someone talking shit about Tom Cruise. Not on this show. <laughs> Who 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 takes John Gruden's place then as your favorite? As my favorite, uh, mm-hmm. as my favorite NFL personality, it might be Gronk. Gronk, I really like Gronk. He still likes to pound bush lights, and he's really I don't smart know, with though. his money. Not anymore. He's gotten in like super crazy shape, and well, yeah, he's probably not drinking as much bush light, but he's smart mm-hmm. with his money in a way that a lot of players aren't. Yeah. Actually, we'll talk about this in a little bit uh, in the sports section. A little bit of a spoiler for you, folks. Uh, my new favorite personality might be Jalen Ramsey <laughs> <laughs> after some of the stuff. And we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, but, um, 
I I would have said maybe like because he's not directly in the NFL, but he's working around it. I would have said maybe Dan Patrick, but he's not even doing it anymore. Mike Tirico took his place. Did he really? Yeah. I, I like Tirico. Mm-hmm. I like Tirico. I like Tirico um, in the way that you like you like one of your coworkers. Like he's a good dude. If we're talking about all around the NFL, though, Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw's fantastic. That dude is clinically insane. He is he is racing dementia in a way that is <laughs> courageous and fun for all of us. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, speaking of people saying crazy shit, uh, let's start the show as we always do with some chic tweets. I call you a punk. So this week's chic tweet is going to be a bit of a visual chic tweet oh okay um he he because he tweeted a picture um but it also relates to his his favorite saying um (laughs) which we all know (laughs) um but uh you know a famous famous ad from probably back in the 60s even is uh smoky bear and uh remember only you can prevent forest fires that's actually really good dude (laughs) (laughs) that wasn't a sounder people that was all set (laughs) So Iron Sheik tweeted a picture of Smokey Bear. Is that his name, Smokey Bear? Smokey the Bear, maybe? Smokey the Bear. I don't know. Uh, with a picture of him pointing towards the sign that says, Remember, only you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, I should have saw that coming. <laughs> I should definitely should have saw that coming. That's the Iron Sheik, folks. He likes to say, go fuck yourself. It's kind of his thing. That in all caps. Uh, since we might have a lot of new listeners this week, I uh, thought we should probably explain the whole Sheik tweet thing. <laughs> the, the Iron Sheik is a former WWF superstar who is kind of a crazy person and has hilarious tweets. So we always start our show off with a chic tweet, and uh, he really never ceases to to bring us some hilarity at the top of the show. So this was uh, another good one. <laughs> to, to be fair, if, if, if past trends repeat itself, we're going to go from 100 and some listeners down to 12 next week. So. Well, it, it, I tell you what, if that happens, it won't be because of the Sheik, because he definitely <laughs> he definitely delivered for us this week. I call you a punk. Don't forget, folks, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. You can go out there to the link, get your first 30 days of Audible and your first audiobook for free. And if you want some stuff to pay for... Head on over to the Etsy shop. Uh, we got two two Etsy shops this week to talk about. The first uh, we've talked about for a while now, Mathis Designs. That's our good friend Steph Mathis. She's a graphic designer out of Des Moines, Iowa. So Steph. go on there, check out her uh, check out her designs and and buy some stuff from her. I paid. You got to pay for that. Uh, also, if you want to pay for some some cool woodworking, uh, we've discussed in the past our sweet ass Soco Show Studios sign. <laughs> That was made uh, by our good buddy Mike Vandenhall. Him and his wife have an Etsy, Etsy shop as well. Uh, that's going to be at Etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed <laughs> is the name of that. I think Courtney thought of that because it's it's witty. Yeah. Uh, Mike not not necessarily known for his wit, uh, but he is known for his woodworking. So wood. If you, <laughs> if you want to get some of Mike V's wood, uh, hit the link in the description. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all custom made stuff. It actually is pretty good stuff. He's good at what he does. Yeah. Uh, but it is very funny that we're sending people to the link to go check out Mike's Wood. I also enjoyed that you, no one but me can see you. And you pointed at the sign when you were talking about it. Hey, I I, I like to talk with my hands a lot. And it's, it's funny because 
for a while, the way that we've been recording, we don't see each other <laughs> usually, but we've now kind of altered. You may notice a little bit of a change in the sound this week because we've changed the studio up a little bit, and now we can see each other. And so I'm sure there'll be a lot more. Back to of, the old days. Yeah, back to the old days of having to look at your ugly mug um, <laughs> across the way. So those are our sponsors. Uh, let's jump into the show proper. We're going to start this week with some video game news. Video games. Whoa. 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 One of the best franchises ever in video games. Maybe the best. Uh, not the time now for a discussion about that. But Halo, of course, is what I'm talking about. And at E3 this year, Halo Infinite was announced as the next uh, chapter of the Halo franchise. There's been a lot of speculation about what that game was going to entail. A lot of folks thinking maybe it's going to be a prequel or a spinoff or something of that nature. Um, But 343 Studios, who makes the Halo games now, has come out and said that Halo Infinite will definitely be a direct sequel to Halo 5 Guardians. And we're going to be spending a lot more time with Master Chief in this one. So... Uh, For those who were worried that it might be a a prequel or anything, uh, rest assured, Halo Infinite, we're going to follow Master Chief in the next chapter of his story. Was that... I didn't know that was a question, (laughs) that it would be anything else. Yeah, it was mainly just rumors and speculation from people um, based on what they saw in the uh, E3 trailer, which really didn't tell much. Um, Um, And and more people want Master Chief. They don't want spinoffs and prequels. We mm -hmm. want more Master Chief, and that's what we're going to get, so that's good news. Did, uh, was the last game not as much Master Chief focused? Was there another character? Yeah, yeah. It was split between him and I believe the guy's name was Locke. And he was played, I believe he was played actually by the guy who Tom plays, Hardy. No, um, the oh. guy who, well, he <laughs> does, uh, the guy who plays Luke Cage. Mike Coulter. I'm pretty sure that he was, I'm pretty sure he was the character Locke okay. in Halo 5 Guardians. So you split time between the two of them. Actually, in that, uh, Locke is pursuing Master Chief. Hmm. He's a little bit of a vigil, um, of a fugitive. Hmm. And so, uh, in this one, it'll be more based on just master chief and his story. Um, as it relates to Cortana, who, uh, you know, the two of them are kind of the mainstays of that franchise. So more, more master chief to come in uh, halo's future, which is welcome news. Okay. So, so they're searching for Cortana. I'm trying to remember how the last game ended because I mean, I think you spend most of the time, <laughs> I can find her for you. Just log, pull up your Windows <laughs> Windows PC and say, hey, Cortana. She'll oh, pop found up. her. Here she is. She <laughs> popped up on my screen here. Uh, no, it wasn't that easy for Chief. I think he was spent most of Halo 5 Guardians looking for her. Hmm. Uh, and don't know what. And this is the sixth the one? Infin- Infinite will be the sixth one? It'll be the sixth one in the Master Chief side. Okay. There have been a couple of Yeah, there's like the. Reach was Reach. one. Yeah. And RM, what? R, R something? O- ODST. ODST. Yeah. <laughs> Close. A whole bunch of fucking letters. It doesn't even make sense. Orbital Drop Shock Trooper. Sure. ODST. Anyway. Nope. Yeah. That's a lot of time on Halo. What do you got for news? Uh, not a game I've ever played, but uh, I know a big game for a lot of nerds out there. Um, Devil May Cry, the ser- that series has been a huge series for many years. And they announced, finally announced, they showed some gameplay at E3, finally announced... Uh, the release date would be March 8th, 2019. So not super long to wait. Again, nothing I've ever... I, I might have played some of four? Do, three, maybe three. Devil May Cry, Devil May Cry 3. Uh, gameplay is something that I can get into. Just like the story and stuff isn't something that gets me into it as much. And, and for me, it's it's a lot more of the story that keeps me going in a game than it mm-hmm. is the gameplay. So I, was, I didn't continue with it, but maybe something that I could 
you know get back into if i you know if, if it's like one of those free games on playstation or if it's something discounted or something like that or if i have nothing to play in march so looks cool though i mean the the trailer looked really cool the combat looked awesome uh so maybe this is one of those games that way back when i had a playstation 2 and devil may cry came out i mm-hmm. wanted to get it but i couldn't because it was m for mature and the sequels have come out. I I haven't really been paying attention, but I do I do remember seeing at E3 the um, I guess the reveal trailer that they had mm-hmm. there looked insane. Right. So this I think this is a game that a lot of people are going to flock to, and uh, I think it's a pleasant surprise that it was just announced and it's going to be coming out in March. So that's going to make a lot of people happy. Mm-hmm. Um, on the opposite end of the release date spectrum, uh, one game I know you've been looking forward to is the Spyro. Uh, remastered edition and we just found out that that's actually going to be delayed we were expecting to see mm-hmm. it in august or september now it sounds like that's pushed all the way out till november um so i know you're gonna have to wait a little bit for spyro but in what was going to be a jam-packed fall already uh maybe it's good that there's one less game for you to have yeah. To pick up. <laughs> yeah this would have been the last on my uh purchase i think it, i mean I think they all come out in consecutive weeks it was like spider-man the seventh Shadow of the Tomb Raider the 14th, and then this the 21st of September, but they delayed it to November, thir- November 13th, so uh, nothing in, in my range for November. I should be hopefully done by all those ga- with those games by then, so, uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited still to check it out. I'm glad, again, for that reason they're delaying it, and then also just to give it extra time, because that's what, the, what they said, was that they just wanted extra time to perfect it and make it look good and all that stuff, so... Yeah, here's hoping they can do just that. Uh, it's going to take a lot of work because Spyro sucks, but uh, you know, ho- hopefully they can make a decent game out of it. I don't know. So moving on from video game news into uh, a newer segment that we haven't been doing for too long, um, but let's get into our one-word summaries. There's only one word to describe you, and I'm going to spell it out for you. One-word summaries, of course. Uh, one of our new sites. That's the first time you've heard that sound. <laughs> that is. That comes to us from Big Cast of the WWE, if you're not familiar. Well, formerly uh, the WWE. Formerly of the WWE. But uh, one-word summaries, this segment where Seth is going to list off three one-word summaries for three different wacky news stories from the last week. I will choose one of the stories uh, based on the one word Seth provides, and, and we'll go a little more in depth on that one. Uh, but make sure you check out the link in the description box. All three of these stories are going to be available, but we're just going to pick one from the three words Seth has. What do we have this week? The three words are robust. Okay. Sprint. Sprint. And booger. No, I'm kidding. And contact. <laughs> robust sprint and is it booger or contact it's actually contact the reason i said that is from figure it out on the the nickelodeon show like i vividly remember that what that being the password is booger and again that's a pretty good impression of that guy's voice (laughs) the man of a thousand voices is in studio today folks uh i'm gonna go let's see it was robust i'll say it again can't get booger out (laughs) There's your title. <laughs> uh, ro- God, I can't even say that word now. Robust, sprint, and contact. Okay. Let's go with contact. Contact. Okay. So here's what we would have what we would have uh, listened to or read with the other ones. So robust was people people are in love with this robust cat who has very specific demands. 
basically this cat is up for adoption. He fucking fat ass cat. Love it. Love fat cats. <laughs> and he like, he only will eat while he's being pet. He has to have his water just right. He only plays with one toy. <laughs> like he just has a bunch of stupid random quirks. And he's like, he's like 28 pounds. Like, that's a big cat. That's a fat ass cat. And Dude, he, that cat lives the life. And he hates kids. So, like, he basically... This sounds like cat version of you, dude. <laughs> this is Cat Seth. If, if, is, is info on how to adopt him in the link? I don't know. Let's find out. Someone's got to adopt Cat Seth. <laughs> and uh, get him to get him to uh, jog a lot so he gets down from 28 pounds to a more reasonable <laughs> weight. And then you have Seth as a cat. Sprint is Usain Bolt of Pugs wins third straight sprint championship. There's, is it pug race, all pugs race? Well, pugs. you know, let, leave it to the folks. The folks are going to have to hit the link to find out. Yeah. But there is a Usain Bolt version of a pug. Mm-hmm. He's a four-year-old pug, and he finished uh, his race, which it doesn't give the exact distance, Distance, but it says finish his race in 5.866 seconds. That's fast. It's a fast pug. So there you go. Fast pugs. I like it. So those are the two stories we missed. Mm-hmm. What is contact? Contact is woman gets contact lens stuck in eye for 28 years. Oh my God. I actually read this. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot about this. Yeah. 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 That's as disgusting and mm-hmm. horrifying as, mm-hmm. as people who wear contacts. Mm-hmm. I'm sure this made you cringe as much as I did. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little more about this, this weird lady. So yeah. The missing lens created a cyst that caused the United Kingdom woman's left eyelid to droop. Um, it's 42 year old woman, Great Britain who lost a lens as a teen only to have doctor discover it embedded in her eye 28 years later. I uh, went to the doctor if she discovered a pea-sized lump in, in her left, below her left eyebrow, and that caused her eyebrow to, to droop. When they went to remove the cyst, they discovered a rigid contact lens that somehow migrated into the eyelid. That's Ugh. horrifying. Yeah. I, I guess she had some sort of accident um, where it was hit, her eye was hit, and she thought the contact was knocked out of her eye, but I guess it was just knocked back up into above her eye and yeah the the body grew a cyst around this fucking contact which is horrifying and disgusting mm-hmm. and they found it and they cut it open and they found a contact lens in there that is that is absolute worst nightmare mm-hmm. i for like a couple days i was rubbing my head trying to find and see <laughs> if i had any contacts in my fucking head i don't think yeah i've never i don't think i've ever lost a contact in my eye before I have. Sometimes I get up in there. See, I've never had that. Oh, it sucks. It's awful. Yeah. I hope it doesn't happen to you. Knock on wood. But yeah, this lady, how many years? Uh, 28 years. 28 years. That's older than you and I have been alive. <laughs> yeah, that's when contacts were probably really hard, too. I think that, yeah, it, this was a harder This was a harder contact. So b- since the year 1990, this think of all the shit that has happened since 1990, and this woman had the same contact in the whole time. <laughs> that is insane. And disgusting. And I hope she feels better now that she's got it out. Don't forget, folks, uh, even though we talked about the contact, you can hear about the other two stories if you hit the description or hit the links in the description box down below. Don't miss out on all three stories from this week's edition of One Word Summaries. All right, let's move on, and we got some sports to talk about. Sports! And boom goes the dynamite. All right, so a future, well, I'd say probably a future Hall of Famer in no Adrian chance. Peterson. No. He, yeah. No. Um, former Viking, former Saint, former Redskin, no, former Cardinal, and mm-hmm. now current Redskin, uh, Adrian Peterson 
has signed with the Redskins on a very small deal, like a million dollars. I think it was veteran minimum, um, which presumably is going to be the starter right now in Washington. Really? He's going to start? Yeah. I mean, they have Fat Rob Kelly, who has been okay. He's been okay. Uh, Samaje P. Ryan, who has been all right, too. Um, Chris Thompson is there, but he's hurt. He's going to miss some games. He's probably going to not be back till November. And they have uh, Byron Byron Maxwell. He's a, he's a running. He's kind of like a Chris Thompson light almost, which okay. Chris Thompson's light already. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it sounds like Peterson will kind of be into a starting role, kind of the the two down thumper, and and uh, you know someone else to take the passing down duties. But what do you, what do you think about uh, Peterson? He, I mean, with, with Arizona last year, he had a decent couple decent games, a yeah. couple bad games, a couple decent games. He didn't really get a chance to play in New Orleans. But I think he's still got some juice left in the tank for, you know, what it's worth. Yeah, here's the thing. Um, a backup running back pays, how much did you say? Well, he's a veteran. Okay. And he gets the veteran minimum of like $1.1 million with some incentives, and he counts towards like 600000 towards the cap. Okay. So he's going to make over a million dollars this year mm-hmm. to be the running back for this team who mm-hmm. needed him because they had some injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not a bad gig, Mm-mm. you know, and everyone Mm-mm. says like, oh, he's been so good. He's a hall of famer or whatever. He's obviously in the twilight of his career mm-hmm. and everyone talks about go out on top or whatever, like cement your legacy by leaving when you're great. Mm-hmm. No, fuck that. Mm-hmm. You come back and you get a million dollars a year <laughs> right. to probably not even play all season. Like mm-hmm. probably some of those younger guys are going to get in the action, mm-hmm. you know, and he's a vet. So he gets this veteran minimum. The same thing happened to Brett Favre at the end of his career, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, I can't make 15 thousand or can't make 15 million as a starter fine i'll make four as a backup fuck you everyone else who talks shit about my (laughs) legacy like Mm -hmm. who cares i love this i've never been a fan of adrian peterson i don't like him as a man i think he's a good player Mm -hmm. but yeah dude go get your money if if people are willing to hire you go take that job i say if you're willing to get your head bashed in for millions of dollars a year then fucking go do that i love it i say i say keep him in the league as long as they're gonna let him we'll even look at a guy like uh evan smith (laughs) you know he went Mm -hmm. to the he went to the cardinals to end his career wasn't good nope and uh got his money and you know finished it like people don't remember when you when he goes in the hall of fame no gonna, one remembers it they're gonna talk about his almost record-breaking season they're gonna mm-hmm. talk about his mvp they're gonna talk about some the the game he broke the single game rushing record mm-hmm. they're gonna talk about all the touchdowns he had they're gonna talk about you know they're not gonna talk about his last two seasons no. with his, other teams his career effectively ended as a Viking. Mm-hmm. And that's always going to be it. But he's going to end up making three, four, five million dollars after that. Mm-hmm. And most people don't make that in their lives. Yeah. So he's winning. As much as I don't like the guy, um, I, I don't think, I think anyone who says you should just retire should shut the fuck up. Yeah. If you still want to play and still want to make money. And someone's willing to hire you. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. I love it. So go make your money, dude. I say, yeah. Uh, speaking of a guy that's, uh, he's young, he's young, he's on the opposite side of his career as Adrian Peterson, but this guy's definitely going to make some money over his career. Talking about Jalen Ramsey, who is a defensive back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We talked about the Jags a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. in our uh, AFC South segment. Now, really good defense. Here's He might be the best player on it. Uh, a lot of folks calling him the best corner in football right now. He did an interview with GQ Magazine. And if you didn't know that Jalen Ramsey is a shit talker, <laughs> read this article. I, I'm going to make sure to link to it down below for the full thing. But I'm just going to read you a couple of the uh, excerpts from uh, from what he said. So the interviewer asked him about 
uh, Buffalo Bills first round pick Josh Allen. <laughs> and Ramsey says this, quote, he's trash. <laughs> and it's going to show, too. That's a stupid draft pick to me. We play them this year, and I'm as excited as hell. I hope he's their starting quarterback. <laughs> and then he goes on and talks about almost every quarterback in football. He says about Jay Flacco, I played him two years in a row. He sucks. <laughs> he says about Aaron Rodgers, he doesn't suck. Tom Brady doesn't suck. Marcus Mariota, I think he's a great quarterback for that team. Okay, sure. Um, he said Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor's probably better than he gets credit for. Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't know how he, I don't know yet. Uh, if you know how to work within your scheme, then it means you're good. I guess you could say he's good. Uh, he says Deshaun Watson will be the MVP in a couple years, 100%. There's not even a debate about that. Him and Carson Wentz for every year starting now until five to ten years, it's going to be them too. They're that good. <laughs> so he loves him. Jared Goff, he says, he's average to above average. <laughs> Dak Prescott, he's good. He's all right. He's okay. I'll put it that way. Uh, Kirk Cousins, he said, I think he's good. I think he's a winner. Uh, he said, I think he's good about Derek Carr. Uh, Eli Manning, two, two-time two Super Bowl champion, he says, I won't say Eli's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to skip some of these. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, he says, I think he's decent at best. Big Ben slings the ball a lot of the time. He just slings it, and his receivers go get it. I think that's kind of true. Uh, about Blake Bortles, his own quarterback, all he had to say was, Blake, do what he got to do. <laughs> Which means he sucks. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, who went healthy, was always regarded as a top five quarterback. Mm-hmm. He says, I don't really think he's that good. <laughs> not a lot of, he's not passing out a lot of love. Uh, I think Matt Ryan's overrated. I kind of agree with him there. Yeah. He does think, uh, he does think Kaepernick should be in the league. Mm-hmm. He says he's better than a lot of, a lot of quarterbacks. I did so, see that comment. Yeah. So he is not pulling any punches. He thinks... <laughs> He says here, <laughs> that's about Joe Flacco. He says, I played him two years in a row. He sucks. <laughs> I fucking, I love this. I do. You know, we, we've gone back and forth about this in the past. I love shit talk. Uh-huh. I think everyone should do it all the time. Uh, we, we did see a few weeks ago, uh, Kelvin Benjamin was talking some shit about Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, this is a little more direct because it's a defensive player saying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I love this. I love shit talk. I think, you know, say what you're going to say and then go play on the field or whatever. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Ramsey's comments? He really didn't. I mean, I agree with most of what he said, to be honest. Like, I mean. He's it, not wrong. Yeah. I, I mean, he The didn't. only thing he's wrong about, because the article I'm reading, and I'll link to this, is a fact check. Uh-huh. Um, so it's it says each of his claims and then says, you know, um, whether he's right or wrong, technically. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, um about Joe Flacco sucking, statistically, Flacco is one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So that's true. Mm-hmm. The other time when he was wrong was about Kirk Cousins. Um, Ramsey said, I think he's good. I think he's a winner. That's actually false because Kirk Cousins' career regular season mm-hmm. record is 26-30-1. and one. He has mm-hmm. a losing record. Mm-hmm. So those are the only two times he was actually wrong. Yeah. Um, but he certainly has no, no shortage of opinions on this guy. Yeah. I would say he's wrong about... Andrew Luck because in his yeah. career he hasn't faced an Andrew Luck really. No, that's I mean, true. so he's and he's fitting too this year. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Luck didn't look great in the last preseason game, but uh, it's going to take a bit for him to to get yeah. going again. But yeah, when when Luck is, I think Luck's going to cause some problems for Jalen Ramsey the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I agree with what he said. I mean that there's a lot of in, in thinking about it and doing prep for fantasy and stuff. There's a lot of young quarterbacks 
right now. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys who could be awesome, a lot of guys who could be bad. So um, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with like the Deshaun Watson thing. There's there's not enough sample there to say everybody loves that kid. Like I know, but people are ready to say he's MVP and he's 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 played six games. But you know what they also said um, the before he played those six games. One of the worst draft picks that in the first round. That he was never going to be yeah. anything. One, one, yeah. one of the one of the most one of the most reached draft picks of so like, I mean, it, it's six games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I am the jury's out. But I, I mean, said the same thing about Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. and he's turned out to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so like, uh, I'm not saying he's not going to be great, but I I can't say he's going to be for sure MVP in three years. Like yeah. that's stupid. Yeah, no. Sh- I mean, Ramsey, he, he'll shit talk when he wants to shit talk, but he also will apparently give praise yeah, where he thinks it's due. But uh, any problem with him? I mean, he's a third year player. Mm-hmm. Any problem with these young guys coming in and being all boisterous like this? Do you need to earn your ability to, to shit talk or do you like this out of a young guy? He's good. I mean, he's really he's a really good player. And and I think especially for a cornerback, you, if you talk trash, um, you're I think cornerback is easily the most highlighted position to to be shown when you've when you've lost. Mm-hmm. So like if you get he, embarrassed easily. So if he if he gets torched all season, it's on him. Mm-hmm. You know, because teams now are gonna com- they're gonna target him. Um, the other cornerback they have on their team too is com- is excellent, AJ Boye. Yeah, good so, luck if you're gonna throw away from him. <laughs> yeah. So if if he gets just torched this season. It's on him. You know, part of it could have been too that no teams you know weren't throwing throwing towards him. Mm-hmm. So who knows? We'll see. All I know is I am now a fan of Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> I I I don't, wasn't super high on Jacksonville a few weeks ago when we talked about him in what's going to be our next segment. But right now, I want Jacksonville to go all the way. I love <laughs> I love Jalen Ramsey. I love the defense. I want him to win every game. <laughs> So moving on from there, we are, of course, in week three of our four-week segment where we are breaking down every division in the NFL, and we are on our second-to-last week this week. We're going to go north, talk about the NFC and AFC North, uh, a couple teams that we're pretty familiar with (laughs) in uh, in these divisions. I want to start in the AFC North. I think this is an interesting interesting division, Uh, similar to some of the ones we've talked about in the past. I think it's one team and everybody else and that one team is Pittsburgh and you know Pittsburgh last year was a damn good team they went uh, deep into the playoffs before they lost uh, eventually to I believe it was Jacksonville um, that they lost to but you're talking mm-hmm. uh, Big Ben Antonio Brown Le'Veon Bell who are all still under contract a uh, lot of a lot of other talent Juju Smith-Schuster one of the really strong rookies from last year uh, an improved defense not a very not a great defense mm-hmm. but an improved one um, from you know recent memory, um, I like Pittsburgh. Is uh, besides them, and including if you have comments on Pittsburgh, but do you think there's another team that might challenge for this division? Probably not challenge for the division, but I think give them fits. Uh, I think I think the Browns will be a surprising team. Okay, I do. I think their defense is already not bad. Like, they had one of the best run defenses last year in the league. Um, I don't think pass defense is good, but. You know, whatever. And I think their offense, though, will be able to keep up with people this year. Uh, Tyrod, like like, uh, <laughs> like uh, Jalen Ramsey said, Tyrod <laughs> is, is better than what people give him credit for. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got some really talented receivers on the team. And uh, they've been looking good. I mean, they, they have been looking good in, in the in the preseason so far. Uh, a guy I'm really excited about is David Njoku. I think he could be a freak tight end for them. And their backfield is pretty stacked. They had they had a good good game the other night with 
both Carlos Hyde and Nick Chubb, they ran really well. They got a good receiving running back and Duke Johnson. So I think the offense will actually be pretty good. They have at least a competent quarterback this year, mm-hmm. but, which they haven't had in. It's been a long name me, time. Name the last one. <laughs> so I think it'll be. I, I think I think Cleveland will make make you know maybe surprise a few teams in that division. Uh, I do think the Ravens will be a little better this year too. I, I know they they kind of put up a fight last year, but I think their offense has improved. They've added some weapons on offense. They got some guys uh, like Willie Sneed. They signed up Willie Sneed. They got uh, Willie. I like Willie. <laughs> they got. Uh, I know you do. Gross. <laughs> um, they also have. They signed John Brown, who's looked really good in the the preseason too. They have their defense is is still pretty solid over the years. It's been pretty solid and continues to be so. Uh, backfield Alex Collins was a surprise last year at, at their running back position tight end they have a billion players so I think I think they're they're not an exciting team by any means I think the offense will be better though Flacco should should have a few more weapons at his, his disposal because last year he didn't have much and uh, yeah I, th- I think they might might be able to keep up a little bit Cincinnati though is I they're not gonna be good uh, they uh, they're a wet fart of a team yeah they I know they signed up some offensive linemen and drafted some, so maybe they can get a running game going, but and maybe block for for Andy Dalton. But their defense still isn't great. It was it made it had a down a down step last year, and AJ Green's getting older. They do have John Ross, who's an exciting rookie, but they didn't really weren't able to get him the ball last year. Tyler Eifert, Eifert should be healthy. Um, he had a pretty much a full season to recover. Uh, he's he's a pretty good you know, red zone target, but they missed him big time. last yeah. year. Yeah. So I think there's, there's good pieces on all these teams, but I just don't think there's enough to have them consistently win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an interesting division. I do want to talk about quarterbacks and let's start in Cleveland where Baker Mayfield's the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. They did bring in veteran Tyrod Taylor. If it's you, and I don't think Cleveland has decided on this yet. Even if it's you, are you trying to start Week One with Tyrod Taylor, or mm-hmm. do you would you rather see Baker Mayfield in there? I'd rather have Tyrod. Tyrod's the proven guy. He's he's a dual threat. Baker's young, and he's you know he he's he's looked good, but he's also not. He's just I mean, it's hard to be be able to carry a team like that. I I also thought he was kind of a reach there. <laughs> I, I didn't think he should have even been in the top 10 of court of, of the draft. Uh, he's probably the fourth best quarterback if I were to look at him, but uh, third maybe, but yeah, I would definitely go with Tyrod. They've looked good so far all by all accounts. He's, he's fit in well. He's, and he's got the best weapons he's ever had. I, I mean, it's true. It. I mean, that's weird to say in Cleveland, but yeah, he, you know, he had Sammy Watkins for a while. He had Robert Woods for a bit, but Robert Woods hadn't really figured it out yet. Sammy Watkins was hurt all the time. He had, yeah, he had Charles Clay, but... Joku's better than Clay. I think so, too, yeah. yeah. Um, he, so has a, he has a better offensive line right now, too, than yeah. in Cleveland. So so Cleveland Cleveland on paper looks like a, a decent team. Could be. Um, decent to good, but they, they always find a way to lose, man. Yeah. They really do. And it's not like they've always had... They've had top five draft picks for 20 years in a mm-hmm. row. They've just not really made anything of it. Who knows? Maybe this is the year... Maybe this is the year they figure it out. Are you, if you're Cleveland, are you going into this year with Tyrod as your starter that you Mm -hmm. said you wanted to start Tyrod? Are you doing that because you think he'll win games? Mm -hmm. Or do you think because you want Baker to sit on the sideline and see and learn more? Like, what's your priority? Is your priority setting this team up for the future? Or do you think they can win now? I think they can win some now. 
but I, th- I think it's a little bit of both. Um, t- to your p- uh, point about the draft picks, too, the uh, the majority of this team right now isn't their draft picks. Their defenses right. uh, with with uh, Miles Garrett, who who looks who's been really good, but um, uh, I mean this team is a, a lot of you know they've gotten some veterans on this team now and some some good veterans. You know they've had veterans in the past who aren't good, mm-hmm. and now now they have some some good veterans on their team. So. Yeah, I think though they could they can win some games now. They can surprise some people and and maybe make a run. Probably not a wild card. I see them at best going absolute best going nine and seven. Which sure. I mean, last year would have been I think would have been a wild card in the AFC. NFC is a little more difficult. Nine or seven or ten and six was a big log jam because mm-hmm. there was a tie between like three teams. Yeah. Chargers were left out. Mm-hmm. It was either nine or ten wins. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if nine tens get nine win nine wins gets you yeah. in this year. It'll at least it. be in the running for it. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe, um, you know, maybe you can get that. That's the absolute best I see them going. I, I probably see them going more like a seven and nine uh, area, but, you know, that's that's a big improvement. Uh, yeah. Seven games, <laughs> seven game improvement. One win in the last two seasons. Uh, I, I do. I'm really interested to, to see Cleveland this year. Um, the, the two sort of afterthoughts, I think, of this division are the Bengals and the Ravens. With their quarterbacks, I think in both of these guys, Flacco and Dalton, you have veterans who have shown flashes, but recently have not been great. Mm-hmm. Um, out of these two, well, two questions. Out of these two teams, and then out of these two quarterbacks, which do you think has the better year? I think the Ravens have a better year, but Dalton is the better quarterback. Okay. I think Dalton has just proven it more recently, I think. He he's put up good numbers and he's made it farther than Flacco has in a while, and uh, like I said, he has better weapons. I, I just I, Flacco is just he's too he's too inconsistent. He has mm-hmm. too many too many mistakes, too many incompletions. Yeah, and Dalton they, Dalton last year didn't make a ton of mistakes. He just didn't have any help, and he sacked a he's getting times. sacked a bunch. And so I think I think Dalton's a good quarterback. He's shown it before. I mean, mm-hmm. he was he was a top five quarterback a couple of years ago. So. It's just that that and in the year that Flacco went nuts, it was in it was a four game stretch in the playoffs, and that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. So that well, was special, not to be discounted, but also yeah, seemingly a flash in the pan. Yeah. Got him paid though. It did. Yeah, Blake Bortles had the same thing, and it got him paid too. So <laughs> we'll see see where he ends up. But no doubt. Um. Yeah. I I I prefer the Bengals. I, I prefer the Ravens as a whole because I think they're a more complete team. Sure. But I I do think Dalton is the better quarterback and I'll have a better year. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. But I, are we in agreement that Steelers are going away with yeah. this division, and yep. it doesn't seem close to me? Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, I I do like the Steelers. I I see a similar. I don't know why. I just have a feeling about this team that they'll walk through that division and find a way to fuck up in the playoffs. It, it's this, this is what they've been doing. Yeah, you know, I don't have any reason to believe that they're going to get over the hump this year. Do you? Yeah, it's it's hard because it. I mean, if you watch you know watching that that Jaguars game, their offense just kind of ran out of steam. And uh, I think, I think that a Steelers Patriots game would have made would have been maybe a different outcome. Patriots might have been able to beat them, or Steelers might have been able to beat the Patriots. But the Jaguars are a tough defense, and and maybe the the Steelers like Juju makes a better you know bigger leap this year. Uh, some of the tight ends, I know they have like Vance McDonald has been okay over the years. Maybe he you know kind of improves and has a better r- rapport with. Roethlisberger, but Jesse James's catch is a catch now, <laughs> so maybe they go in as the top seed. Yeah, so who knows? I Steelers will be top three within the AFC, I think, all year. Sure, but, 
Yeah, I think that's a fair projection for them. We'll we'll see about the Steelers and about that division as a whole. It weirdly enough, I'm most intrigued here about Cleveland. I, I just they're the team I'm most interested to mm-hmm. see just what happens. You know, it could be anywhere from zero to sixteen wins, probably not sixteen, <laughs> but we don't know. Uh, another uh, definitely a more interesting division to me <laughs> that and probably to you, yeah, uh, is the NFC North. Uh, so this is the Packers, Vikings, Bears, and Lions. Uh, I think this is a two horse race with Minnesota and Green Bay. Green Bay gets back Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. uh, f- past MVP. Uh, Vikings have a new starting quarterback in Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. And let's let's start with Minnesota here. <laughs> um, and you know, I could give my thoughts, but you certainly know more about that team. Tell <laughs> what are, what are the what's the feeling around the Vikings going into this season? Um, these these last few weeks have had me more concerned. Um, I mean, I'll start with the positives. I think offensively they're going to be um, – I think they're going to put up more points this year as a whole. Um, the They – you know, of course, Kirk Cousins, the quarterback there, he's he's got – he's had a really good rapport with Stephon Diggs. The, the fact about Kirk Cousins is that he's just more he's, – he's a more he's, – I mean, he's the best quarterback they've had in years, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, Case Keenum looked great last year, but he looked great in, in the fact that he – took advantage he's more he's more of like an opportunist quarterback where he was able to every time he completed a pass other than a couple like the flood you know like the big plays that you said like the miracle thing um there are wide open guys mm-hmm. and Kirk Cousins is he can fit it into a small ass window uh he's he can make all the throws Keenum I don't think he's really able to do that as well sure um so I think it's gonna bode well for Diggs and Thielen and Rudolph and you know they have they have a, they have a good receiving core. We'll have Dalvin Cook back as well, uh, who looked great after four games last season, averaging over five yards a carry. Uh, completely blew out his knee, <laughs> but but then they also have you know Latavius Murray, who looked really good. He's looked really good so far this preseason. They have a couple of rookie running backs. There's a guy named Rock Thomas who's looked awesome in the preseason. Sounds sounds awesome too. Isn't yeah, Rock smelt Rock's cooking. <laughs> um, defensively, I mean. There's nothing else you can really say. But this defense is is great. Stellar. Uh, yeah. They don't lose anybody. They don't lose. They gained Sheldon Richardson, who is a top <laughs> top five defensive tackle in the NFL. I yeah. mean, so the defense is going to be awesome. It's really it, it. There, there's no doubt, and they'll probably be even better this year if. And here's the if: is the offensive line of the Vikings. They have already lost a starter <laughs> this 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 off season, uh, probably for for his career, so he won't be back. And that's Nick Easton. Um, they're they're all of their backups are getting hurt right now. <laughs> they they lost one of them. Uh, no, one of them. It was a defensive lineman that went for on IR this year or this this preseason game. But um, a couple of their starters aren't even back from injury. They have their their starting center Pat Elfline. He's on the pup list right now. Mike Remmer is another uh, their right tackle. He's hurt. So I mean, like they're pretty much their entire offensive line may not start week one uh other than their left tackle so that that's a huge 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 concern right now so i think the offense will be better like i said but they are not going to be able to do well against some of the elite teams if the offensive line stays the way it is so you know teams like philadelphia teams like the rams who have you know insane both those teams have an insane defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, the teams with those elite offensive defensive lines, they are not going to beat. 
Um, but I think, you know, most other teams, they'll be able to put up enough points and, and stay on the field uh, because the running game will be better uh, this year, hopefully, uh, even than last year, that they'll be, they'll be, they'll, the offense will look better, I think. Mm-hmm. I like the Vikings a lot this year, man, and I love to hate the Vikes. Uh, gonna go, <laughs> gonna go watch them get beat by the Rams, uh, I think, in week four. And uh, so I'm excited for that. But I, I do like this team. They're they're complete. They got weapons all over that offense. Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins is going to be able to put it. I like a more aggressive Vikings mm-hmm. offense this year behind yep. Cousins. Let me ask you this, though. They do lose Pat Shermer, a really special offensive coordinator that mm-hmm. put together a lot of that last year. I don't know who the new guy is. Are Joe. you concerned with the adjustments, the new offense going in that we might see, we might not see out of these guys what we did last year? No, um, the the new offensive coordinator is Joe DeFilippo. He was the he was the quarterbacks coach for the Eagles, who has done some wonders. Mm-hmm. Uh, look what he did with Nick Foles last year. <laughs> so he, I mean, he he knows th- this this guy knows knows what he's doing. I think the offense will have no problems with play calling or anything like that. I, I am again concerned with the offensive line. Of course, they lost Tony Sperano uh, because he passed away in the off season. Um, he was the reason that offensive line played so well last year mm-hmm. uh he really rallied those guys together and um did a good job with with some limited talent even with some injuries that you know last year too so i hope maybe those guys can rally around all that and whoever filled in i don't know who filled in his shoes but uh you know ho- hopefully the new that that's really my concern is is where they go with the offensive line I, mm-hmm. but in terms of play calling and and scheming and all that i'm not concerned mm-hmm yeah, we've seen. I mean, we've seen it time and time and time again that a good uh, the offensive line can make or break a team that is otherwise good. Uh, I think you know you have uh, you have Stefan Diggs has been re-signed. Most of this offense is locked in for a few years now. Yeah, the whole so, team almost. Yeah, and a lot of the defense, a lot of really good young, talented guys. If they can stay healthy, I think this is a team that's going to have a shot at this division mm-hmm. and at going deep into the playoffs. I, I'm putting Minnesota in the playoffs in my predictions, whether it be by way of division championship or wild card berth um the the competition that they have in the nfc north will be a lot more robust this season because you have the return of the green bay packers quarterback aaron Rodgers. um green bay has retooled a little bit over the last couple years defense has become a little bit better Mm -hmm. i think uh their offensive line has become one of the really good units in football um at, at least season before last last season really a lost season Mm -hmm. uh, after you lose Rodgers but Rodgers comes back a little bit of a better defense I think the the offensive backfield is a little questionable Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of unknowns here what are you thinking about about Green Bay are they going to give Minnesota problems Uh, how much is Rodgers worth to you oh I mean he's worth I've I've seen him play for a decade now (laughs) he's he's worth a lot um I, I do think they'll give him problems. I, like you said, I think the defense is better. Yeah, the, the backfield is is weird, but it's been weird for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, even when they've had guys like who thought we thought were great, like Eddie Lacy, um, they still have never really stuck to a guy and just kind of thrown guys all around. And it's been it's always been kind of just strange with with the backfield there. So they do have some talented guys like Aaron Jones there, um, who, who's looked good. Ty Montgomery's kind of playing both. I like Montgomery. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, their the receiving core is really interesting. They've gotten younger this year. Uh, they they've drafted they drafted two guys. Uh, they have uh, of course Devonta Adams, who I think is is turning out to be one of the best receivers in football. And uh, Aaron and even last year when Rodgers was out, he was still putting up numbers and mm-hmm. looking good. So 
Geronimo Allison's been a guy who's 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 uh, produced uh, over the years as well, just kind of in limited roles. And now they have Jimmy Graham too. And so Jimmy Graham, I think, is not the guy he once was, but he's still a, a big red zone target. And he scored like nine touchdowns last year with Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Didn't have many yards, but scored like nine touchdowns. <laughs> nine catches, nine yards, <laughs> nine touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think that that's an, an, another factor to to you know keep in mind too. I think I think it doesn't matter who Aaron Rodgers has out there. Uh, honestly, he could mm-hmm. ha- he could have me and you as the receivers, and we're we'll, we'd probably score touchdowns. And we'd score touchdowns. That's <laughs> that was I was you answered my question before I could ask it. Rodgers has been critical of his wide receiving core mm-hmm. in this. Oh, camp. Randall Cobb's still there. Duh. Randall Cobb, and yep. he's and he's he's been a guy that's been banged up last year. He's banged up too. So mm-hmm. I think he's gonna be he's gonna be back to that role. He's been kind of relegated uh, the last couple of years to a third wide receiver role because of the emergence of Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. Um, he's gonna be back the number two, I think, and that's kind of where he fits best it kind of in the slot mm-hmm. um, where he hasn't been able to play. So I, I, yeah, good receiving core, I think. Yeah. So you think they'll improve, you think even though the criticism in the, in camp and maybe some discord between them and Rogers, you think they'll get it figured out. And, yeah. and even more importantly, to your point, doesn't matter who he's throwing it to. Yeah. He's going to have 30 touchdowns. Right. Well, I do think that as, as Rogers goes, so does that team. So if he's able to stay healthy and on his feet, mm-hmm. uh, I think they'll definitely be a threat to the Vikings. Again, we talked about a little bit of an improved defense. I think the rest of this division, the Lions and the Bears are such wild cards. I mm-hmm. think both these teams, uh, I think the Bears have shown improvement. Mm-hmm. I really like parts of this team. Um, I really like the running back Jordan Howard. Trubisky showed flashes last year. I think he mm-hmm. has potential to be a good quarterback in this league. Uh, I think Chicago is lacking big time defensively. Um, and I think it's a lot of the same story for the Detroit Lions. Not a great defense, probably a little better than Chicago's. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Matt Stafford, Golden Tate, and others on. Golden Tate still on the Lions? Mm-hmm. Golden Tate and others on that Lions offense, which should still be formidable. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are two teams where I just I you could put them anywhere between two wins and ten for me. I just mm-hmm. I don't know what to expect from any of these two. Yeah, I think I do. I think the Bears will be a surprise. I think Trubisky. I I personally think he when I saw him play last year, I got I watched the first game he played and he he impressed he impressed me. Um, not he didn't make a lot of dumb decisions. He's more mobile than what people think. Uh, he's got a he's got a pretty sweet arm. I think that with with some of the weapons they have now, Allen Robinson, uh, they signed Trey Burton, who was a tight end in Philadelphia, behind Zach Ertz, who's been who's been he filled in for Zach Ertz a couple times last year and was awesome. And I think he's he's very athletic. They paid him a lot of money. I think they're gonna and already in the preseason they've targeted him a lot. So I like him a lot. And. Their backfield is pretty awesome too. Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen, both mm-hmm. guys explosive and and uh, really good runners. So I think I think their offense will take a leap. Uh, defense is defense is okay. Uh, it's not not great. I think I think that's definitely going to be the weak spot of the team this year. Uh, with Detroit, um, there's there again. They're kind of their defense is, has not been good um, recently, and it's still not. They didn't really do much to improve it this offseason. So their defense isn't going to be great, but I do think their offense will look good. Uh, Stafford is, he's, you know, people don't often give him credit for the quarterback he is. He, oh, he's awesome. Yeah, but because he's been in Detroit behind a team that's made the playoffs once, I think, since he's been there, uh, it's it's hard to get any credit for what he does. But he doesn't turn the ball over a ton. He's he's very accurate. He has a, 
insanely high completion percentage. He, um, he's got some good receivers, with, like you mentioned, Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, and Kenny Galladay, who impressed last year too. And I think he's going to take another leap forward. Sounds like they're going to be running a lot of three, three wide receiver sets this year. And I think that uh, those three are a pretty, pretty, pretty awesome um, wide receiving core. They also have a backfield that's pretty loaded now. All of a, all of a sudden, they have Legarrette Blount, who they mm-hmm. signed up, going to be a thumper. They drafted a running back in like the second round, who they really like a lot, and still have Amir Abdullah. But I don't know how how long he'll stay there. Sounds like he might be a, a trade rumor uh, to some team. And then they have Theo Riddick, still is a great pass catcher. So, um, I if I were to say though, I think the Bears will. I think I think the Bears will actually be ahead of the Lions this year. I like I that would be as I I like the Lions. I love Matt Stafford. Lions are a lot like the Giants to me, where mm-hmm. they they sh- seem to be that they should be good a mm-hmm. lot of seasons, and they just find a way to not be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what to think of Detroit. I think their offense will put up a lot of points, and they'll still find ways to lose. Um, <laughs> I I agree with you. I like I like the Bears to take a big step forward, but this is this is Green Bay and the Vikings, and I think I think both these teams find a way into the playoffs. I do. I can see um, it. And we'll see. I'll ask you this: Can I get you to pick? the Vikings to win the division preseason. Mm-mm. You won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Notoriously will never choose his team to win. Um, sometimes it goes well for you. Sometimes you're right. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, NFC North is going to be interesting this year. Yeah. Fun to watch. So that is week three of four in our division previews. Next week, we're going to head West and talk about uh, the best team in football and others. <laughs> 49ers and, and uh, we'll wrap up that uh, that segment before the season opener and the 2018-19 uh, season begins which is coming up fast mm-hmm. coming up fast for sure so uh, more to come on that but for now we gotta switch gears and get into TV that's what she said TV so we got some TV news here this week. Uh, Netflix just keeps signing talent, and I'm really excited about this newest addition, uh, Kenya Barris, who, if you haven't heard of him, is the creator of Blackish. Mm. And so uh, Blackish, a show that a lot of people love, uh, also Grownish, which is a spinoff of Blackish. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's, I, did, uh, I didn't know that there was a, another spin. I didn't know there was a spinoff or even a show called Grownish. Yeah, their oldest goes to college. And she's grownish. Okay, I, um, so it's G R O W N. Yes, not okay. grown. Yeah, okay, not grown. Yeah, um, no one else can see me motioning to you. So Gron- grownish could also be like the porn version of that. Oh my god! <laughs> or monish. We're not That'd doing. Be we're not doing porn this week. Seth. It'd be it'd be mo- monish. No, we're not. We're not getting into it. Uh, Kenya Barris, who's the creator of that show, signed to a one hundred million dollar deal. Oh wow! To produce con uh, to produce content exclusively for Netflix. So does, this Ken- is- does Kenya also hate Tom Cruise? Uh, he better fucking. <laughs> he better put Tom Cruise in some shit. So he joins the likes of Shonda Rhimes and Ryan Murphy, who both have also joined Netflix. To, it, Netflix. I mean, if these guys, these three specifically, are able to churn out shows that are as, as successful as what they've done in the past, then Netflix is looking at some pretty banging original content coming out. Um, I know that you you particularly have not been really into any of their shows. No, <laughs> but clearly Netflix is spending a lot of money to bring in original mm-hmm. content. Are you are you excited by this? Are you optimistic that they can kind of um, lightning can strike twice for each of these creators? Do you think this is worth the money for Netflix? Sure. I, I mean, I mean, it's going to bring people in. I, I don't know if I'll watch. It'll depend on what they put out. I mm-hmm. mean, for me, but. Um, 
<laughs> it gives them another opportunity to put more commercials between their shows now too so that's fun yeah we'll see about that. that's, I'm, I'm hoping that doesn't happen to me but we'll see has it happened to you yet no i haven't watched any shows on netflix there hasn't been anything i'll, I'll see when ozark comes out in a couple weeks but um yeah people have been really furious about that the commercials are coming the commercials are coming speaking of netflix they are not only signing people but renewing shows uh like crazy like they do of course, one of my favorite shows of this year so far is Glow. They renewed that for season three, uh, which was pretty expected. This this last season got some pretty insane critical reviews. I think it's still at 100% Rotten Tomatoes, and wow. uh, people people really love it. I haven't heard a single bad thing. Uh, they also renewed a show that had a little bit more of a mixed... Well, not mixed. I mean, it was positive, but kind of a... Maybe not a show for everyone. Not, many, not as many people watch, but the end of the bleeping world... Uh, and the end of the fucking world uh, has season two uh, coming now, which had a very strange ending for another season. Uh, won't really say spoilers, mm-hmm. but um, but uh, that that's interesting. I know people re- people did like it, and it was reviewed very very well. I know you didn't like it, but I didn't like it at all. I, I mean, it's, it's I am I'm, I'm okay with being in the minority here, but mm-hmm. I did not like that. I'm not gonna watch season two. Oh, oh yeah, I'll watch. It. I enjoyed it. I'll watch it, but it was not something I expected to get a season two out of. To be mm-hmm. completely honest, but yeah. I mean, I did when when it, when uh, you know reviewed well and people watched it, but I also kind of like eh, I hope not. But mm-hmm. Netflix uh, doesn't really care about that because uh, Thirteen Reasons Why. Yeah. Yeah, that's a perfect example. Uh, moving from renewals to cancellations, something that Netflix doesn't do often, mm-hmm. uh, but they have canceled a couple of shows. We have uh, The Break with Michelle Wolf and the Joel McHale show with Joel McHale. Uh, both canceled. All the both- with shows are getting canceled, huh? Yeah, if, if your show ends with with you, you're, you're <laughs> donezo. Uh, both of these shows were coming out weekly. Uh, they're kind of commentary shows, you know, person with the green mm-hmm. screen behind them, that kind of stuff. Um, do you see this as... Michelle Wolf and Joel McHale made bad shows, or do you think that Netflix shouldn't be trying to do the whole, uh, you know, Trevor Noah, Colbert thing? That it, yeah. you know, is that just not going to get off the ground ever for Netflix, or do you think this is specific to just these shows? I actually kind of liked both the shows. Um, Michelle Wolf, I thought hers was. I, I think I liked hers as a show better. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. I thought she was funny, and and the stuff she talked about. Very strange show. It's not something that that. I think a lot of people watch because it's just kind of weird. Yeah. Not um, a lot of mass appeal. Yeah. And I think like with the Joel McHale show, I watched that one actually. I watched almost all of that one. And that's just a show I turned on because it's mindless and dumb. But I think the whole like soup thing where you talk about reality shows and all that stuff, I think that's just kind of passed, honestly. Exactly what I was going to say. And, you know, I, you know, I liked a lot of what, what was on there, but it just, I don't know. People don't, A, people don't watch reality shows. People do watch reality shows still. People also, I just, I think people come to not hate them as much, you know, like people don't, people still hate them, but they don't like, I think people, honestly, I think people are just more fans of it now because mm-hmm. like it's, it, it, they don't ironically hate it as much as they used to. I think it's an escape. Yeah. You know, it used to be that life was good and you wanted to watch people's shitty yeah. lives on reality shows. Yeah. Now it's that the world is on fire and <laughs> we want to watch someone who is happy. Yeah. And so we watch reality shows. Yeah, I agree. I just think that. The soup thing is just, it's old, it's mm-hmm. dated, it doesn't make sense anymore. Joel McHale's funny, I hope mm-hmm. that they find a way to reuse him, but uh, I just think that that, form, that show format is just not 
mm-hmm. was not going to get off the ground. So you do think that there is room. And we do have uh, Hassan Minaj, uh, who's been more most recently on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. He's going to have a similar kind of just him talk show mm-hmm. um, coming out on Netflix. So I, I, for me, I hope that they still continue to try to do this. I like those kind of commentary shows. Uh, and I do like Hassan Minaj also, by the way. His show should be coming out relatively soon. Um, so we'll be looking out on that for Netflix, but kind of bummed Michelle Wolf and Joel McHale, both people that we like, both people who I think will find more jobs. They're, they're both talented. Yeah. I think just that it it just, it just can't be like a weird niche thing. Uh It has to be something that appeals more to a broader, maybe even smarter audience, kind of like a Trevor Noah does or Colbert, you know, does stuff like that. So. Uh No doubt, no doubt. Let's stick with Netflix for one more story. And this is this is the story this week that I am the most excited about. And it is that American Vandal Season 2 has a release date. And we are going to get it on September 14th, which is right before I go on a bunch of flights. <laughs> so Cody's watching American Vandal on the plane for the second year in a row, which I, I did it last year, too. And uh, I saw a quick, like, a just a screenshot of a teaser um, but you watched the actual trailer, so I'll let a you lot. talk about the trailer and tell us what season two is going to be about. Yeah, I watched the trailer a lot. Uh, definitely check out, too, uh, Jared did a, t- a trailer reaction to this, which is pretty funny. Um, he reacted the same way I did. At so, Jared Buckendall. Exactly. Um, how'd you get in here, Jared? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this. so this season, it's season two, right? <laughs> <laughs> Season number two. Exactly. So this season is about the turd burglar. <laughs> <laughs> so the the whole premise of this is that the turd burglar put, put a laxative or something in. It was chicken finger day in the chicken fingers and the lemonade. And all the kids, and it's a Christian school or a Catholic school, um, all the kids... Uh, eat the food and drink the lemonade and they just have massive diarrhea all over the school. Oh my god. And they show it in the trailer like these kids like with their pants down like shitting everywhere. Oh, it's like no. it's like mass chaos and it's amazing. <laughs> I was dying because it's just like ah! they do even like a 911 call when it's just like everyone is pooping. <laughs> This show, um, I love American Vandal so much because it it takes, it very seriously delivers ridiculous shit. Uh-huh. Like, they never wink to you in, uh-huh. the, in season one of that show. They're saying dumb shit, but they never wink at you. Uh-huh. And I'm excited to see you moving from who did the dicks to who burgled the turd, I guess. Uh, I, I'm so very excited for this show lo- to come out. Oh, the mass chaos is my favorite thing because <laughs> it's just like multiple shots of these kids shitting their brains out. <laughs> Um, the other, the other like kind of interesting part of this too, and I watched a, a different trailer reaction and someone brought up that now like an, an aspect is that these kids are dealing with fame, like the two, cause the two kids are back mm-hmm. from, from the first movie or from the first season and they're now dealing with fame and stuff. Kinda. Um, like they even show, cause people are like writing them and asking them to, you know, to do their type of vandal they're doing videos i guess of trying to do like their vandal type thing and they also show like they talk about how you know they did last season and you know got very popular and they even show like that it was on netflix so it's almost kind of like meta oh that's cool yeah so it's it's gonna be interesting i i really like it i'm excited for it and 
the poop humor is right up my alley. So. Oh, my God. There's going to be many turd jokes. No no <laughs> doubt about it. I'm looking very much for it. 9 14, mm-hmm. September 14th. You will catch me watching it that fucking day for mm-hmm. sure. So, one of your favorite shows to one of my favorite shows. Uh, a little bit of sad news for me, but also kind of happy news. Uh, Mr. Robot, which should be coming back here in a few months, uh, it sounds that either season four or season five are going to be the end. It sounds like it's closer to season four will be the end of it, but uh, there's been a couple interviews. Christian Slater has more emphatically said, as a couple months ago, that season four would be the last one. He's been told by the creator, Sam Esmail, that it would be the end, but... Um, Rami Malek just recently did an interview and said that he's heard season four. He's also heard season five. So it sounds like by the end of season five, at the latest, that could be the end of Mr. Robot. Um, sad because I really like this show, but also happy because I do like when shows know when to end it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the first season was one of my favorite season, seasons of television ever. The second season was uh, not as good, but still very entertaining. The third season, I thought, made a big improvement. So I think the the creator has enough of a vision as a whole that he knows what he's doing and he he definitely has all the control he directed all the episodes last year he wrote all the episodes so which is very rare for television mm-hmm. so uh, other than like vince gill again i don't know many other people who've been that involved so high kind of high praise there in that case and i uh again i i would i would be okay with seeing a natural ending of the show as opposed to like people just being like end it you know mm-hmm. breaking I'm all bad for it Breaking yeah, exa- Breaking Bad did it exactly the right way. Five seasons ended it. Take your show through a logical, complete arc and end the show. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I very much dislike when it's just let's keep it on, let's keep it on, let's keep it on, let's keep it on, and then end it when you're forced to. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this. Uh, you know, it's sad to see it go, but it'll they'll be able to do it in the way they want, mm-hmm. and that's what I think is exciting. And plus, I think Rami Malek's career is about to re- about to blow up. He's going to explode. <laughs> he's he's in a movie coming up here in a couple of weeks, and then he's going to be in Bohemian Rhapsody in November all accounts that's going to be awesome and he mm-hmm. sounds like he's awesome in it he's i've seen some interviews with him he just seems like he's a, he's ready to take that next step kind of like cranston did after breaking bad so mm-hmm. i'm excited could potentially see a very similar kind mm-hmm. of career bounce off of that 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 is very much that very exciting i don't even watch that show and i'm excited for this news a show that i will be watching <laughs> on hbo in 2019 which is earlier than we expected the watchmen uh, that we did announce a little while ago that uh, there was going to be a Watchmen TV show uh, developed for HBO. Now it sounds like we're going to get that in 2019, so a little sooner than we expected. Are you uh, are you on the lookout? Is this going to be on your watch list? Mm, maybe. I'm, I mean, I'm not. I, the movie I thought was just okay mm-hmm. when I saw it. Um, I'll g- maybe give it a shot. HBO does a good job with their stuff. So. Oh, yeah. They'll get budget for sure. I like Watchmen a lot. I think that... It is a property and a story in a world that could ver- could be an excellent TV universe to mm-hmm. explore. Uh, so I'm very excited for this. I'm going to try to check this out when it does drop, uh, and I'm excited that we're going to get it sooner than we thought. Mm-hmm. So let's move off of TV into a brand new segment this week. And uh, in this segment, we are going to be choosing uh, just random things to make lists about, because <laughs> who doesn't like making lists? <laughs> and uh, the, name of the, the name of this new set, well... I don't want to tell you the name of this new segment. I'll let our good friend Lou Bega tell you the name of the next segment. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. Mambo number five is <laughs> our, our uh, list. Of course, this is going to be a list of five things. And we wanted to start this week, uh, as we usually will, the lists will relate to something we talked about in the previous week. 
Uh, last week, we spent a good amount of time talking about different Netflix news. And so this week, Seth, we have our Mambo number five of Netflix originals. So these can be uh, shows or movies, uh, but they have to have been put out by Netflix. So we each have our top five. Do we mm-hmm. want to go back, forth, back, forth, or just sure. all five? Back, back, back forth, back, back forth. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, why don't you start out with your number five? All right, my number five, which I think will be on your list. Um, number five. My number five is Master of None. Master of None. You know what? Uh, I would have had that on my list, but I forgot about it. <laughs> I, I was going to make my list, and I, could, I couldn't think of enough. Mm-hmm. I, I thought of like 20 mm-hmm. Netflix originals that I saw, and Master of None just slipped my mind this is why this is why you need tv time i need tv time because <laughs> this is what i did i went to my tv time went to my completed and watched shows boom master none that's a that's a smart man uh download tv time if you're like seth and you watch uh way more tv than i do master of none would have made my top five i'll give it what i will call an honorable mention mm-hmm. I, was, I was thinking about doing honorable honorable mentions yeah before can, number one well li- yeah we'll list those off uh, in a little bit here uh yeah it would make my list but it, since it didn't talk a little bit about that why did it make your list yeah, Ozark or not Ozark. Uh, but that's not that's not on my list. <laughs> I was just thinking about that earlier. Uh, Master of None. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's a perfect combination of comedy and serious drama. It I think it comes from a, a pretty personal place of disease, which makes it feel makes it it makes it feel really w- real in a lot of ways. And uh, it just had I mean it had a very grounded feel. A lot of Netflix shows and kind of real these real life show quote unquote real life shows like this can have in a in a way it'll have you know it has the real life feel but it also it feels out there it doesn't feel relatable whereas like master none feels very relatable mm-hmm. in, in a way so again very funny very acted very well i just really enjoyed it quite a bit yeah i would i would sum it up and just this is a very real show mm-hmm. it, it gives you real relationships between real type of people in real situations you know and, mm-hmm. and it, it, you know of course you have uh, emmy nominated writing mm-hmm. twice directing uh, one from each uh, emmy nominated directing and uh, aziz won a golden globe this mm-hmm. last year for for leading it lena waith has mm-hmm. springboarded off of this into a really good career so master of none well, you know we talked about it in the past we hope it gets a season three we'll see mm-hmm. um but yeah i think a good a good uh, spot on the list here my number five uh, not a popular show. Actually, one of the few Netflix shows to get canceled. But my number five is The Get Down. Hmm, I thought that would have been higher. Yeah, uh, The Get Down for me, really. I mean, it hit all my buttons. It's got, it's got gross. It's got old school New York. It's it's centered around black folks. It's centered around music and hip hop, and it just it delivered a sort of a dirty version of of New York and dirty and and, and yeah and poor and poor the Bronx mm-hmm. right and I think the lead in this who uh, Justice Smith I think is his name um, he plays um, he plays the main character in this and <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember Ezekiel I think it's Ezekiel Figaro <laughs> it's his name <laughs> he plays the main character in the I was gonna have the editor fix that so it didn't oh, that's sound way, like it's way funnier. But I guess it's going in the show now. <laughs> um, I really like the cast of this. Jaden Smith also appears. A lot of great original music coming out of this. This uh, not a lot of folks watched it, but I would recommend it. It's got two seasons. Uh, really creative, really good storytelling. If you like music at all and you like hip hop, definitely check out the Get Down. I don't know a lot of people that have watched it, but those mm. who have, uh, like me, did enjoy it. So it makes my list of number five. Number four. Number four for me comes in with Stranger Things. 
Okay. Da-da-da. I figured you'd have it. Yeah. Is that, I think that's probably on your list. It's not. I it's left not? it off mine because wow. I figured it'd be on yours. Okay. Well, that's not the point. We got to... No, I know. And it was borderline for me okay. between that and the get down. Those yeah, okay. were the two I was deciding between. Stranger Things. Okay. So I'll talk about it a little bit. Of course, I think everyone on the planet watches Stranger Things. But for me, I took a while to get on the bandwagon. Of Str- mm-hmm. I think it was out for like a year. You waited almost a year to watch yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, I was I was very deterred by the possible horror aspects, but it's really not scary. <laughs> deterred. Yeah. <laughs> deterred burglar. Season two of American Vandal coming uh, September 14th. <laughs> um, no, uh, I was very I was very uh, apprehensive with the horror aspects, but yeah, not really scary. It it really adds kind of the the creep factor adds a little bit more to it, I think, than really deterred me. <laughs> but uh, no, again, I, I just really love the whole. I love the '80s aesthetic. David Harbour is great. I think the kids as a whole work really well together. Uh, it's a it's a very well built world and and lore already in just a couple seasons people are obsessed with it i think i just think it's a super well-made show been again nominated for emmys and just a really cool mix of like comedy coming of age almost like it i mean Mm -hmm. i think it really based its movie almost off of this in terms of just like how they wanted it to feel it owes a lot of his success Mm -hmm. to stranger things i think Mm -hmm. so yeah stranger things is just it's just done really well and super enjoyable and i look forward to it so yeah, really fun. I, for me, season two was a little bit of a step back. I, I do prefer season one. We'll mm-hmm. see. Season three, we're not going to get till next year, but everybody loves Stranger. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't say a bad thing about Stranger Things, right. except for that one episode in season two where she's out on the loose with all those runaways, <laughs> that kind of stunk. But like, other than that, I mean, the show bangs. David Harbour's fantastic in mm-hmm. it, and the effects and everything, the horror elements, it mm-hmm. flips all. Everybody loves Stranger Things. Right. Impossible not to have it on the list. Uh, number four for me is She's Gotta Have It which is a mm. uh, Spike Lee joint. Uh, it's a, it's a show based off his movie um, from the early nineties uh, about uh, Nola Darling, who is a woman in New York who Lola um, bunny. No, Nola Darling. Mm. No, Lola bunny is a different. Okay. Yeah. Um, played by the same actress. Though. <laughs> um, She's a character in this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the main character. No, Nola Darling is a, she is, What I really like about the show is she is a very powerful, independent woman in a way that is very rarely shown because most of the time when you talk about someone being a strong, independent woman in TV and movies, they're a bitch and everyone hates them. Mm -hmm. Um, Nola is presented to you as a vulnerable protagonist who you are supposed to get behind and like and you appreciate her, her independence and her strength. And she's very complex. um, And... The, actually, I learned a lot about relationships from watching this this show because it comes at you from the female point of view, and there's a lot about what we owe each other in relationships. Um, she talks a lot about how the men that she spends time with think that she owes them certain things, mm-hmm. um, and I learned a lot about relationships and about how I was similar to those guys and that I was projecting things um, onto the women in my life that they owed me. And so it caused me to look inward in a weird way that mm-hmm. very rarely TV does. And, um, I just think that the way they lay this out and the way they tie in relevant current events, um, from the election to, uh, some of the times up things, uh, and the me too movement, those, those sort of things kind of work their way into the story here and, and Spike Lee's style of, mm-hmm. of film slash TV making, um, this was a banger. I, a lot of folks that I know haven't watched this, but everyone I know that has really enjoys it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I dug it a lot. I think, I think that Nola is, uh, 
one of the really good female protagonists that we have on TV right now. Number three. Uh, number three is the the Joel McHale show. Joel McHale. No. <laughs> <laughs> really upset that I got canceled. It's funny because I had the break at number three. <laughs> uh, number three is Love. Okay, Love. See, that's another one that I, I would have had on my list. <laughs> so I don't think we'll have any of the same list in this case. Uh, so yeah, Love starring a, 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 a Gillian Jacobs and Paul Rust. Mm-hmm. Boom, I remembered it. Uh, produced, written by Judd Apatow as well, but just had its final season uh, this last this last summer. Three seasons, I think, half hour. Uh, twelve, I think, twelve episodes per season. But I just, I, I don't know that this show was had a really strange arc. But a, arc, did you ever finish the last season? I still need to watch season three. Okay, had a really had a really interesting arc. Uh, the the characters in this in this show, you go from loving them to hating them to loving them to hate. Like it's it's just. These characters, another show that felt pretty real, mm-hmm. but in a way that, in in a way that it, it didn't feel as real as like a as a master of none, but real in a way that's like there are people like that out there, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And it deals with things like love and sex addiction. Um, it deals with a uh, with like a lot of career stuff, with like going out there and putting yourself out on, on a limb and and you know, but have to having to worry about failing. And I just, I don't know. There's a lot, a lot of ways are related to this show that, that the reason I probably put it higher than like master of none is that I related to a little bit more than master of none. Cause it deals a lot. I think a lot different things than master of none does right. master of none kind of, it feels like a Ziza story. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think with this show, you can kind of project more things onto these characters. Um, characters aren't necessarily likable in, in a lot of instances, but they are in others. But it's it's just i think you learn to really appreciate them over mm-hmm. time um i don't know it's really interesting i th- i think it's i think it's acted very well again um very it, it can be very very funny and uh i don't know i i just i can't really describe why i like the show so much but i just i just do i agree with you i dig it too um i do i mean it comes back to exactly what we said about master of none it's mm-hmm. it's real it feels mm-hmm. real they feel like real fleshed out complete people as mm-hmm. characters and and whether or not you can relate to them, you know, great if you do. But if you can't, you can still enjoy enjoy the show. I think keeping this a tight three seasons was the smartest thing yeah. they ever did because Apatow loves to go way longer yeah. than is necessary. I still need to catch up on season three, but I, I dig this a lot. I would recommend it just the same as you would. Mm-hmm. My number three... <laughs> My number three might surprise you, um, and it's a weird thing to have on your list of favorites. My number three is Big Mouth. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that show. <laughs> and if you don't know about Big Mouth, it's uh, Nick Kroll and John Mulaney are the kind of creators and stars of the show. And it's about two kids who are like 13 or 14 years old. They're going through puberty. <laughs> and it's about what ha- it's a cartoon show about what happens to kids when they're going through puberty. And mm-hmm. everything is super dramatized, and there are cartoon monsters and crazy fantasy things that happen to these kids because when you're 13 or 14 years old that's how everything seems so extreme and violent and fantastical and scary and in a weird way it 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 is so dumb 
as a show. Like it is, it is done. It's a lot of cussing and fart jokes and dick jokes. Mm-hmm. It's a ton of that, but also it connects with you. I think in a way that makes you remember how you were when you're that age, mm-hmm. not in the same way, but similar to your review of eighth grade said, mm-hmm. put you back in that age. This did that for me, which I'm almost embarrassed to say, because it is, a, it is it's dumb. Like, you, re- it's, you remembered your hormone monster. Exactly. The hormone monster is such a real thing that <laughs> I think people can relate. If you haven't looked at that, like at get, if you haven't watched big mouth check it out um i think there's something for everyone to kind of get in on that and it's hilarious for another thing mm-hmm. so it's just that's yeah there's not a lot to say about it because it's not as deep as some of these other things mm-hmm. but i love big mouth mm-hmm. number two my number two is house of cards of course house of cards um of course i've raved about the show for a long time and and one of the first things we talked about because the whole kevin spacey thing happened around the time that mm-hmm. we started doing the show but uh just an extremely well acted show the the story has taken a lot of crazy twists and turns. I thought really there's only like one lull in the in the in this in this in the show as a whole, but there's been an, I think they're coming up on their sixth or seventh season, and I've been engaged and engrossed in it the entire time. So um, I think everyone knows what House of Cards is by this point. Probably seen at least some of it, but um, even even with the whole Kevin Spacey thing, it I think the show. I think the show as a whole is just it's just done incredibly well, and and I'm. I, I'm again. It sucks how it happened with, with the whole Kevin Spacey thing, and I'd love to see it hit that natural end with, with the you know the the same characters. But I'm still very very confident with where it's going to end up with Claire and and the, the the characters that they have in the show are extremely powerful and and some of the most some of the best written shows on on TV. I think so. Yeah, kind of the one that started it all mm-hmm. in terms of Netflix originals. Yeah. One of the, one of the OGs. Uh, you talk about strong female protagonist. Claire might be the best yeah. out there. Um, the the character Frank Underwood, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of who's playing him, is an excellent character. I think that story is fantastic. It, 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 yeah, a smart thing to have at number two, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, my number two, I think you you might be surprised it's not my number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number two is Dear White People. Mm. And I, I've talked at length about it on this show. I think it's one of the most important shows that you can watch right now for everybody. Um, and it's, it talks a lot about, about race and about what it's like to be black and what it's like to be a black woman, a black man, a gay black man, a gay black woman. Uh, it talks about loss. It talks about relationships between people of the same race and of different races. I mean, it just talks about every aspect of being a person. Mm -hmm. And even though it's centered around black people, I think it's good for everyone to watch and everyone can learn something from it. Um, it's one of those stories and, and there's a lot in this that I obviously connect with personally, but, um, I think it handles a lot of issues, especially in season two and in season one for that matter, uh, handles a lot of issues that are relevant today and that are very ethereal. You know, you hear about, uh, police brutality as a headline or a mm-hmm. single story and it, it brings you into a close intimate story about that and lets you make your own judgments. It gives you facts and says, make your own judgments it doesn't it doesn't preach to you necessarily mm-hmm. um it's just it's i can't speak enough about it the acting is great i love the way it's shot the stylized uh kind of world that they live in is really interesting to me i love it um i think everyone should watch it and i don't want to rant too long about it but dear <laughs> white people number two for me that's right i'm i'm interested to see what your number one is <laughs> i don't think you'll be terribly surprised <laughs> and in at number one do we want to do honorable mentions before number one? Oh yeah sorry honorable mentions okay um, so I did say Ozarks earlier. Yep. Orange is a new black is definitely on my honorable mentions. I think just as a whole, it's been pretty consistent. Um, going back to Ozarks, I, I, Jason, 
I, the reason it's not on my list, I think there there was some kind of holes in it. Um, Jason Bateman's performance is outstanding, mm-hmm. but and also there's only been one season uh, of that show as well, so it's kind of hard for me to say that it's one of my favorites of just one season so far. Um, Flaked is another one that I really enjoyed with Will, Will Arnett. Um, he it's the one where he he plays uh, kind of like a drunken uh, liar type guy uh, in Venice and uh, just just kind of just kind of about his life. Um, kind of another one of those real life shows, but uh, you know I, I like depressed shows. So mm-hmm. um, American Vandal, I didn't think about it till now, but that 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 first season would be an honorable mention for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I think. Uh, Jim and Andy, which is a documentary mm, yeah. about Jim Carrey uh, doing Andy Coffin. That is an excellent, that was a big surprise to me. Not something I expected to watch, but loved it. Um, Explained, uh, I've mm. talked about a little bit more recently on the show, documentary series that's fantastic. Uh, there's a lot of really great documentaries on Netflix, by the way. If you're into documentaries, mm-hmm. go look at the documentaries on Netflix. There's a lot of, of really, really good ones. Uh, Master of Nana and Love would be honorable mentions mm-hmm. for me, even though they didn't make my list. Um, and apparently there are a million other things that I had never thought of that were on Netflix that I probably <laughs> should have spent more time making my list. But those are a couple of the things that were just outside for me. Now it's time for number one. My number one's BoJack Horseman. I fucking, really? I fucking love that show <laughs> so you know, much. I have, before you talk about BoJack Horseman, I, I, my, another honorable mention of mine was season one of 13 Reasons Why. Oh yeah, just just the first. I thought it might make your list specifically season one. No, it, this the second season was so bad <laughs> that, that I couldn't I couldn't put it on there. There's one good moment in that entire season mm-hmm. for me that I enjoyed, um, that got me. But that second season was awful and really just I couldn't bear to put it on my list. The other couple that I thought might make your list were uh, Mindhunter. I know you liked a lot. I enjoy that show, yeah. Um, the first, at least the first season of Jessica Jones, I know you liked a lot. Yeah, I couldn't put any of the, the Marvel stuff on there. It, yeah. didn't, it just didn't feel like a, original to me, you mm-hmm. know. And then uh, Glow. I was kind of surprised, actually, that Glow yeah, didn't make Yeah, I thought about that one. but uh, Kimmy Schmidt maybe a little further out, yeah. but still probably, in, mm-hmm. you know, considered mm-hmm. by you but uh bojack bojack my number one show i i look forward to the show every single like i get excited for the show as soon as the season ends i look up is, are they gonna announce another season and then i get excited for it and i mean i know you laugh because it's a dumb you know it, it on the outside it looks dumb you know it's it's animals but on the inside it's really a super complex show um they talk about almost every issue you can think of. They talk about depression and they talk about um, sexuality. They talk about friendship. They talk about relationships like love. They talk about um, fame and they talk about um, kind of what happens when you lose fame. They, t- I mean, they're, they're so, they talk about parents. They talk about kids. They talk, I mean, there's so many episodes that relate to just all these different things and, that, and it does it in such a way that it's like, it's real, but with fucking horses and people interacting, and mm-hmm. and it's also, I mean, it's funny. It's a really funny show. They 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 have just like real subtle, weird, stupid things just in the background. Even like reading stuff in the background, you're like, oh, that's funny. Um, it's also super depressing. The show is very, very depressing um, with all the stuff I just talked because most things I talked about can have depre- like depressing sides of them, and they talk about those. Um, the show is, I mean, it's critically acclaimed. It's up for Emmys almost every single year. Mm-hmm. Um, people love the show. Me, very much included. I don't even know why I watched it. I was like, Will Arnett is voicing it. I'll just give it a shot. And the first season was the first season was not as good, but it was like 
because how depressing it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they kind of lightened it up a little bit more and began to talk about these issues and and really did it in a in a, in a way that took itself seriously, but not t- taking itself too seriously. Um, but yeah, every every year I just look forward more and more to the show, and I get excited. It comes out in a couple weeks. I'm excited. Bojack, I I was not able to get on board with you for Bojack. I bailed. I bailed early. Mm-hmm. Like I started it and was like, no, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and sounds maybe a little dark for my taste, but uh, I, I'm glad that people do enjoy it and that it's critically acclaimed. And I, I was a little bit surprised at the outset when you said that that was your number one. But the mm-hmm. more I think about it, you, yeah, you do get pretty charged up for that more mm-hmm. than almost any other. I show. watch it pretty much right away and I just go through it all really fast. The first season I watched like in a weekend, mm-hmm. um, I, for whatever reason, like you were just gone and I, and I watched it all and I, I don't know. Ever since then, I've just loved it. And then you were hooked. I love yeah. it. Uh, my number one is <laughs> my number one's American Vandal. Okay, I, I thought I thought it, so. It is. Uh, we and we've talked about it already on the the way that they take something so stupid and make it seem so serious, and they never wink at the camera. <laughs> right. It's, they give you straight ass delivery the entire time, and I love it. The whole thing is hilarious to me. We've talked so much about it. I don't want to spend too much time on it now. But if you haven't seen American Vandal season one, go fucking watch it now and then get ready for September 14th with season two. That's going to do it for the inaugural edition of our brand new segment. We call it Mambo Number Five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo Number Five. Let's jump from there over to some quick hit news in the world of movies. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. No reviews this week, but we do have a couple news items, and we are uh, getting toward the end of the show, so we'll, we'll push through these kind of quickly. Uh, the first, Amazon, Steve Bezos' billion, trillion-dollar company, is considering buying a movie theater chain uh, called Landmark Theaters. They're currently owned hmm. by Mark Cuban. And so Amazon would be owning some movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like potentially some of the motivation behind that would be to get their original movies into theaters so that they could qualify for Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a whole other discussion, whether or not we think that's okay. But do you like the idea of Amazon getting into movie theaters? Sure. I really don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, do, do what you want to do. Yeah. Uh, Landmark, uh, yeah, I mean, they also... They're they're pretty heavily affiliated with MoviePass. Mm-hmm. I know you can do like e-ticketing through all their theaters and stuff too. So, um, which e-ticketing allows you to do all of the movies instead of just two a week or whatever the hell they do. Anyway, it's another story. So I wonder if this if Amazon may be trying to compete in that space if they do pick up Landmark. Maybe maybe something intertwines. You never know with Amazon. Yeah. They want to take over the whole fucking world. Mm-hmm. This is just the next step. Yeah, but I, I I mean, it's fine. And I know Amazon is moving away from more of these critically acclaimed movies and trying to do more blockbuster stuff. So I don't know if maybe that's even their intention. Maybe he just wants to get his stuff into theaters and, and get more eyes on him. But. Mm-hmm. And they'll make more money. If they own the theater, they'll make more money than if mm-hmm. they have to give it to other people. Yep. Bezos all about them checks. <laughs> I like this. I think it could be cool. Maybe, yeah. they, maybe they might have some new thing to bring to the industry that we're not aware of yet. Yeah. Uh, second piece of news, uh, we've been talking about James Bond. More recently, we talked about Idris Elba potentially being the next James Bond. We're talking about the current James Bond in production. Bond 25 is the only name we know it by. Daniel Craig, uh, it'll be his last go around. Sounds like, though, they're going to be in search of a new director. Mm-hmm. Danny Boyle, who a lot of people were really excited, was going to be heading up the new uh, Bond movie. He is out as director. Get uh, out. They cited creative differences mm-hmm. as the reason why he's not around. 
man, I just with Craig doesn't want to do it. Now the director leaves. I, I'm a I'm a lover of James Bond. I gotta admit, I'm I'm concerned uh, about what this movie might end up being. I know you're less of a fan of James mm-hmm. Bond, but this can't. This is not a good sign, right? Yeah, probably not. But I'm they'll be fine. I, yeah. I think it, it's a it'll be a Bond at least will make money. <laughs> I mean, it, whether or not it's good, some of these. I mean, some of these Daniel Craig movies have been debatably good or kind of mediocre. So. Yeah, eh, whatever. <laughs> like that's kind of how I feel about it. They'll find someone. Some someone's gonna do it. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. that. It's not uh, a matter of if they're gonna find someone. Someone talented is gonna come in and do it. I'm, Probably Ron Howard. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> give it. Give a shot to one of those you know young up and coming filmmakers like Steven Spielberg or something. Yeah, that kid. That kid. He's got something. <laughs> he's got something. Yeah. Uh, speaking of kids that got some, Ansel Elgort's new movie that just recently came out is called Billionaire Boys Club. Mm-hmm. And you you probably haven't heard of it because it wasn't marketed at all, uh, probably because Kevin Spacey's also in it. Yeah. And it's the only movie to, to have been released since his uh, you know big story broke last year. The folks behind this uh, didn't market the movie. Um, it's only getting a video-on-demand release. Mm-hmm. But over last weekend... You may have seen headlines that it had the lowest, quote unquote, the loaded, the lowest opening weekend of any movie of mm-hmm. ever. Now, the reason why this happened is that they only wanted to go for a VOD release. But if you have a VOD release for a movie that is still in theaters, you can charge more for it mm-hmm. on VOD. So that's what they wanted to do. So apparently this is a thing that movies will do a lot where they'll do a very limited release. Um, only like 10 cities, I think, showed this movie. And... They have to rent an auditorium in this theater in order to show the movie. Mm-hmm. So it's not even like a regular ass. Like you had to know the movie was coming out. One thing, mm-hmm. go to the specific one of ten theaters in the U.S. that had it. So they only made like two hundred bucks on opening weekend. One hundred twenty-six dollars. One hundred twenty-six dollars on opening weekend for this movie. But again, you want to laugh at it. You want to say fuck you, Kevin Spacey, or whatever. And this movie can eat shit. But the reality is, they knew this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the VOD is where they're going to make their money. Now, they don't they don't expect to make all their money back. Mm-hmm. But, you know, still, though, the plan was always for the VOD release. I'm curious. I want to I want to see this movie because here's the question I have. And I'll ask you to speculate on this. Do you think that they went with this strategy in order to keep it out of the light because Kevin Spacey's in it or be, or because the movie's bad? You know, it, it, for you, if the movie is good and has Kevin Spacey, mm-hmm. does it warrant going this route? Or to you, does this mean that they also think the movie's just not very good? I think it's both. I know it's been reviewed very poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, who knows? Some of it could be just people are like, oh, Kevin Spacey, a little shit on it. Um, but I, I've, I've, I've seen really bad reviews for it. But also, I mean, the Kevin Spacey thing, this is the last thing he filmed before the whole thing came out. So... I'm not surprised that it's not getting uh not getting the intention or anything like that, but uh, which it shouldn't. I mean, if he's starring in it, I don't think it should mm-hmm. be. Whereas, like we we've gone back and watched Baby Driver since, and he's not as big of a part in it, you know. And and it's not it might be distracting at first, but especially something like that that he stars in, it might be a little different story, you know. So. I think the unfortunate thing is for all the other actors and mm-hmm. the other people involved in this movie, it's going to fuck their shit up. This is what we talked about way back, mm-hmm. specifically with House of Cards. Um, unfortunate that he's going to have a negative effect on these other people's careers. Um, yeah, I think not- at this point, when it just releases, oh, that's more of a studio thing. These people, you know, the crew and the the cast already got, got that's paid. True. They got paid. Yeah, yeah so I don't true. think it really matters as much unless you're the studio. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, 
I'm hopeful. I I hope that this won't negatively affect the career of like Ansel Elgort, who I think mm-hmm. has no. some potential. Um, and and you know, like you said, uh, maybe folks I'm sure will be able to look past that. He didn't know at the time mm-hmm. what he was getting into. So hopefully, whatever he does next, uh, will have a lot more wide and successful release. Mm-hmm. Well, not really any news of this, but just something I thought was kind of interesting. Um, one of, one of my favorite video channels online is Collider. They they polled a bunch of people. And asked, um, and asked, kind of like, what is your rewatchable movie? And I think everyone has those, you know, rewatchable movies and stuff. I know I got mine. Everyone has their, you know, rewatchable movies. But this is kind of a, a comprised list of twenty nine movies that ev- that everyone on the staff at Collider, which is quite a few people, kind of came up with for their for their uh, rewatchable movies. So there's some weird ones on here, but I just kind of wanted to read off a few that. Um, you might might talk about and see if maybe you know we kind of agree with but i'll just kind of go down the list goodfellas uh ferris bueller's day off anchorman memento which i thought was kind of a weird one memento is a good one because you're trying to figure it out mm-hmm. so you have to rewatch it mm-hmm. goodfellas is a weird one because that's yeah. long as fuck and yeah. not a particularly happy movie it's good mm-hmm. anchorman i thought i've seen that one a lot actually oh yeah, yeah. shawn of the dead which is one i rewatched that's great uh, Social Network. I re- I've only watched it a couple times, but I thought that was one of my favorites. So that was should have been favorite. Best Picture. Yeah. Uh, some movie called Spirited Away. It looks like an anime film. Anime film. Yeah, that was a pretty big. It was it was big at the time. It's a Asian uh, animated movie. One one best animated that year. Uh, Shawshank Redemption, which is on TNT all the time, so it's automatically rewatched. <laughs> um, Gross Point Blank. I don't really know that one. That's a good one. I watched that. It's got John Cusack. He plays a hitman who goes back to his high school reunion. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think it's on Netflix. It's a it's is a it? it's a hidden gem. You should check that out. Uh, Band of Outsiders. I don't really know that one. Jurassic Park. I think everyone's seen that at least uh, probably two, two or three times. Yeah. Elf. Again, that's another one everyone's seen a bunch. A Few Good Men is on there. I I don't think I've ever gone back and watched that. Oh but. my god, it's ugh, so good. Uh, Hot Fuzz, uh, which I, that's one I've seen a lot. I still, every time I think of that movie, I think of when his mouth, <laughs> when he gets the fucking castle thing through his mouth, he goes, that really hurt. <laughs> uh, Back to the Future, that's one I've never, I think I've watched bits and pieces of, but never gone back and watched that one it's one of those that it it's you're 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 not you're not gonna like it uh-huh. because you know you're supposed to uh-huh. you know and i remember watching it as a kid and i was like yeah okay that's a movie and mm-hmm. now i'm just yeah yeah i know you like this don't one. let don't let jared hear at jared Buckle. that you don't love it because i know that's one of his favorites i know you'll love this one the matrix oh yeah <laughs> uh groundhog day <laughs> that's funny this one's weird magic mike xxl I liked that movie. Uh, I wouldn't watch it again. Yeah. Maybe it's a bunch of people beating off to it. <laughs> Harold and Maude, The Fifth Element is on there. Okay. The Big Lebowski, which I know that's one people Everybody fucking loves. love. There's, there's entire a, clubs. There's a bar here in, in Cedar yeah. It's called Lebowski's. It's all Lebowski themed. Uh, Christmas Vacation. That's There's a few holiday movies. Uh, mean Girls. I know everyone fucking loves Mean Girls. Uh, Pulp Fiction. That's one that I've seen a couple times with you, I think. Mm-hmm. Princess Bride, that's a classic. Uh, Snatch, which is an interesting. I've seen that. That's a good on one. Uh, Roadhouse. Uh, they put the Harry Potter franchise on there. I've seen all those multiple times. Lord of the Rings, they put as a franchise on there. I know a lot of people have seen those. That's it. What was number one? The, it wasn't a list. It was just a comply comprised. Oh, it wasn't in order. Yeah. So okay. I think there's a lot in there I agree with. Um, some things I thought were interesting. I think some people are probably just kind of film snobs they're mm-hmm. like i'm gonna put this well, one i'm in. gonna pick spirited away yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah interesting list 
That's a good. Uh, we'll we'll link to that in the description box if you want to take a look and uh, tweet us. Uh, let us know at at underscore Cody Michael at Seth Owad or at Soko Show Pod. Let us know what you think of the list. What should be on there that's missing? Uh, what shouldn't be on there that you don't like? Uh, let us know. Let us know what you think of Collider's twenty nine top rewatchable movies. So that's going to do it for movies this week, and we're going to wrap up the show with a new segment uh, that we're going to start using to end our show. And uh, this little ditty is called One More Thing. But I'm down to one more more thing. One more (laughs) thing. So I've got one of these. Seth has one of these. And we're just going to close the show by letting you know anything that we fucking want. Okay. And I will go first. And I just want to make people aware of a cool service that I just recently heard about on the Sincast, which is one of my favorite uh, podcasts, of course, besides the SoCo show. And uh, it, this service is a, it's a website called Does the Dog Die? And you can Google it or you can, I'm pretty sure it's just doesthedogdie.com. Mm-hmm. We will, uh, we'll link to this in the description. Basically what this is, you can go to this website and you can search for movies, TV, and video games um, that basically this allows you to search for triggers. And so you can go on and you can look up a movie. Say, for example, you wanted to look up The Matrix. Mm-hmm. And... You pull up the matrix and it pulls up a big list of all the things that might be triggering to different people um, in a list so that you can know before you go into the movie what some of the triggering events might be. So you can look up things like gun violence, uh, Mm. snakes and bugs. Um, A dog dying is always Mm. at the very top of the list. You know, the the title, Uh, you know, sexual assault and things like that. Um, you know, so anything that might, that might, uh, surprise you in a movie and scare you and cause you to not enjoy the movie, you can know going in, uh, what you're kind of getting into. Now, this is probably going to get into a lot of spoiler territory for some folks. Mm -hmm. Uh, there is always that risk, but for those of you out there who might be triggered by certain things and who are, you know, hypersensitive maybe to, to certain elements of, of movies and you don't want to be surprised by them. Um, it's, uh, it's does the dog die and you can, you can take, you can also filter movies out. Um, you can ask specific questions like, does a dog die in the matrix? Mm-hmm. And it'll tell you yes or no. You don't have to look at the whole list, I believe. Uh, but just a cool, a cool service. People looking out for people and it's something for free that people can go check out. Huh? Interesting. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool. Huh. I, I, I just plugged in a couple movies and games and stuff and mm-hmm. we're looking through and there's some stuff in there that like, I mean, it's everything you can think. Is there a spider in the movie? Mm-hmm. Um, does a horse die? Um, <laughs> does someone's eye get poked? Is yeah. one of the things like it's a lot of is there snot or is there vomit? Ooh. You know, there's a lot of those things that, you know, some people, some people, you know, might want to know going mm-hmm. in that they're going to be exposed to that. So I think it's a cool service, something that uh, some that, you know, again, if you if you will find a use for it is a good thing that is out there. Hmm. Well, I'm definitely not as useful with this one. <laughs> this is something that I've that I've recently started doing. So this is a service um, for all of you. I suggest doing it. Um, I've recently decided, I've recently started taking car naps during, during lunch. (laughs) Car naps. To sell, sell me on car naps. Well, I just, I, you know, for, for me, you know, I get up nice and early in the morning around five o'clock and do my workout. So I don't get a ton of sleep every night. And, you know, about, about noon, I, you know, have my lunch and I'm, you know, a little full and, I just uh, decide that <laughs> I one day decide, you know, I'm going to lay down in this car and, and take, a, take a little cat nap. And ever since then, every day I've done it. And, you know, it's changed my life. I wake up every after every car nap, about 10 minutes, feel refreshed. My legs feel good and I'm ready to go, ready, ready for the second half of my day. 
I don't feel as groggy when I get out of, get of work. I can go into exciting activities after work, like watch TV. It's, <laughs> it's, it's changed my life. So I'd, re- I'd recommend for anyone who gets a little tired during the day, don't drink coffee. Take a car nap. I do like car naps. Uh, I'm, I'm a big proponent of the power nap. Um, not typically in my car, mm-hmm. um, but wherever it is, I can find a power nap. And hey, if it's gonna if it's gonna increase your ability to watch more TV, mm-hmm. so that we can get more TV corners here on the Soho Show, then I'm all for it. And that's an official endorsement uh, from the Soho that everyone needs to go and take a nap in your car today. Just don't do it while you're driving. That's <laughs> no. don't do it while you're driving. But if you are driving and you get tired, pull over and take a quick car nap. Car I have nap. done that. That saves lives, people. Don't fuck around on the road if you're tired. So don't forget to check out uh, Does the Dog Die and Take Yourself a Car Nap. Those are the two items this week on One More Thing. But I'm down to one more more thing. That's going to do it this week for the SoCo Show. Don't forget to subscribe wherever it is you may be listening. Make sure you get the latest episodes every Friday, uh, especially all you new listeners out there. Make sure that you're subscribed as well. Uh, if you want to check out the kind of video version of the show, make sure you're on YouTube at Jared Buckendall, where you can find not only the SoCo Show, but the Ride Home, most recently from Black Klansman. Uh, that was a fun one, so make sure you check that video out. All of Jared's movie reviews, trailer reactions. Uh, he did one for American Vandal, which I'm sure is hilarious. I'm going to have to go check that one out uh, for myself here. So uh, all the great stuff on the YouTube, so don't miss out. Uh, also, don't forget our fantastic sponsors, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link, get 30 days in your first book for free. Uh, Mathis Designs on Etsy, graphic design. Uh, get uh, all your cool invitations and artwork and all sorts of that, but you're going to have to pay for that. Paid. And you're also going to have to pay for Mike V's Wood, which you can find on his Etsy store, uh, Corn Fed and Wed. Uh, link to that also in the description. Wood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my Mike's God. Mike's Wood. Uh, let us know if you guys like the new format of the show. We changed things around just a little bit, added a couple new segments this week. So uh, make sure you're hitting us up on Twitter at Seth Oat, at underscore Cody Michael, or at SoCo Show Pod. Uh, let us know what you think. And, uh, of course, as always, if there's any news that you want us to cover next week, uh, make us privy to it on the tweets. Well, you know what happens next week. We get the return of the exam. Oh, no. Is it, <laughs> is it that time already? Yeah, so this could very well be... Oh, well, well I'm no, gonna... no, no, next week you get to say it. So next week could be the last. Okay, good. Well, I have two more shows to emphatically end the show. Yeah, the return of the rectal exam next week should be an intense episode number clean 59. out that bum. Clean out your bum, folks, because uh, we got a rectal exam coming up. This has been episode 58 of the SoCo Show. This is the co-host, Cody Michael, for the SoHost, Seth Ott, and we will see you next week. Bye.